We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC, our partners in Possible here at this uh, at this network. It's been so great working with them. It's so great to be here with both of my pals together for the first time in like a week and a half. Like I was having separation anxiety from this show and its structure. Maddie Lane, hello. How are you feeling today? Listen, I'm doing great. You guys did a great job uh, earlier this week. You guys you guys were phenomenal. Oh, thanks for listening, um, buddy. Oh. Yeah, I, I was watching live. I left a couple comments. Oh, we saw. I was here. I was engaged. I was I was a good teammate. Even on the bench, I was a good teammate. So um so anyway, Craig, how uh how how you doing today, bud? I'm exhausted. <laughs> I am frankly exhausted, but getting to sit and talk Chiefs with you two fine gentlemen is going to be the pick me up that I need to help finish the day. Yeah, you, you know, you got you got a few live things going on. Maddie has just finished his one show suspension from earlier in the week. Uh, so there's that. What was I suspended for? I would love to know where, how, how deep is the bit right now? You were wearing, you were suspended one show for wearing knee wraps while you did your squat front squats. I saw your Instagram. (laughs) Okay. Did not front squat on Instagram, so I'm, I'm gonna. gonna say, that wasn't a front I'm squat. Offended. Whatever, I'm offended already. I didn't pay. I'm yes. so distracted by the knee wraps that I couldn't even tell what lift you were doing. Chicken Ken off the next show. That's, that's yeah, I got. I okay. We can continue. We don't. People aren't tuning in right now to talk about my lifting that I randomly put on Instagram for the first time in half a decade. Here's the thing. All right, so no. Here's the deal, actually. Um, and some people are like always really amazed at how tall and big Matthew is when like you meet him in person. 
And if you want to see just the 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 head to toe view of what Maddie Lane looks like, you can go to his Instagram at Maddie underscore KCSN and you can watch uh him and his physique uh in uh in clear uh in clear clarity. Uh we should talk bad. football. Let's talk football. This is going nowhere good. Um yeah. <laughs> this is going I don't know, Maddie. Nowhere good. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, take a sip if you are so inclined. Um, so a lot of, you know, little nuggets today. We just at least want to talk a little bit about because, you know, during this time of year, you don't get a ton of sound bites. We heard from Patrick Mahomes. Was that the first time we've heard from Patrick Mahomes in a uh, official press conference capacity since the Super Bowl? Did he think, after after the draft a little bit? I don't know. I don't think yeah. he did. I, yeah, don't I don't think so. Did. I mean, not in not in the the capacity that we saw. And um, Andy Reid talked. Donovan Smith talked. Nick Bolton talked. So uh, a few nuggets that kind of came away from that. And I think the first one is just kind of off the top. Talk about Mahomes. First time we've kind of heard from him in a little bit. You know, talking about his contract situation. Obviously, you know, kind of the same lines that we've heard. You know, he's flexible he wants to win he wants to prioritize winning over making you know maybe he's gonna make maybe he'll be a billionaire by the time he's done instead of a multi-billionaire like we'll see like i don't know but um you know just the the prioritization for him is not necessarily the dollar signs it's not being the top paid at all it's helping raise the floor uh for the quarterback position while being realistic to kind of help build a team around him and uh, I mean, I don't think that's anything that's that's new to us. But one thing that did kind of stick out to me is he's talking about making sure to get guys taken care of around him. And he brings up a couple of names. He brings up Travis Kelsey, which obviously you're always going to want to do that. But the two names that I think we want to focus on today, Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed. Now, Chris Jones doesn't come as too much of a surprise either. But we can talk about him a little off the top just because, you know, there's at least some level of speculation that, you know, the, until a deal gets done, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if, you know, the Chiefs have shown a willingness and a propensity to walk on from somebody beyond or walk, you know, walk away from somebody, you know, beyond Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey when they did it with Tyreek Hill. You know, there's at least a thought in the back of your mind until it gets done that, you know, uh, maybe it doesn't. But when you think about it from the prism of look at what Mahomes is doing, look at how Mahomes is handling this entire situation. It just, I think that actually points more to Chris Jones deal getting done. Not that it wasn't always the case, but that definitely just does. When you kind of look at it in that prism, it does feel like that's definitely a guy that should get, getting take out, getting taken care of uh, in light of just the totality of the, of the roster construction around Mahomes, Maddie. Yes, I think that I, I think when we're sitting here looking at it, like I think at this point in time, we would all kind of be surprised um, if we get to the year and Chris Jones is not under a longer term deal for the Chiefs. And then the next question that we haven't spent near as much time this offseason talking about is Legereus Sneed, who you'd also mentioned in there. And so I guess like that's the one probably worth talking about the most. I don't know if Craig has any significant Chris Jones uh takes he wants to drop so i'm gonna keep on passing it over to him now because like I don't, yeah he, it's yeah. all but a done deal so we'll let we'll let craig get in here on the chris jones stuff yeah yeah uh major take for chris, pay the man that's that's that's, <laughs> that's take that's been maintained for this whole time pay uh, the man. 
I do feel I do personally feel that just Chris or Patrick Mahomes mentioning that name, Chris Jones, and making sure to bring him up. I do I think that bodes well. It's I think that bodes well. And it's not that I was pessimistic it was gonna happen in, you know in the first place. It's just hey, look, the next deal will take him into his thirties. We've seen this team be a little bit less willing to pay people. There's like there's a path to arguing why it won't happen. I think it happens, and I think Mahomes bringing him up is very interesting, as is Legereus Sneed being brought up. You know, there hasn't been a ton of Legereus Sneed talk. He seems like the most logical guy to get, you know, an early extension done with. Um, and it was just, it was interesting that he brought him, his name up specifically because I don't think, you know, when you're looking at, when you're talking about blue chips, when you're talking about roster construction, I think we all want Legereus Sneed back in the, you know, on a deal. But, I mean, it, it was just very interesting to for Mahomes to be so direct about that name, Maddie. It was, for sure. And I think that's a it's a name that early in the process, like early this offseason, we were all kind of t- probably circling and talking about, or as a, especially last year. And then the Chiefs come out and have this awesome draft and bring in all this young talent at the quarterback position. And then they're taking a couple top 50 visits on Cam Smith, a you know highly drafted rookie corner. And you maybe start to wonder a little bit, huh, are the Chiefs for sure locked in on Legereus Steed? They kind of move him around. They don't play him as a pure corner. He's also 26 years old. That's not exactly young for a guy still technically a year away from his rookie deal ending, right? Like, he's not old. He's still completely in the range where the Chiefs would sign somebody long-term. He's just not exactly a young guy so being 26 this year he'll be 27 when his big money kind of starts to or not even big money but when he's this new contract really kicks in if you go look at the nfl and start looking at guys on at this at the top of the cornerback market they're all that age you're not paying him before he's their age you're going to be paying him at the age these guys are and like i don't know i feel like you do have to get down a little bit before you get to a guy that you're for sure saying luxurious need is better than so you kind of got start to argue, what's the ceiling here? How much better is he going to get? How much more is he going to keep elevating his game? Or has he kind of found that ceiling? It becomes a tricky kind of tough conversation to have. That's all said, Patrick Mahomes mentioning his name there, the way that he mentioned it, and the fact that I think LeJarius Sneed is like the best cornerback at not just covering guys. Everything else that involved in the cornerback, he's the best one in the NFL. I think you pay him for sure. It's just, it's an interesting negotiation, I think, with Snead, given the age and, like I said, how much money corners make and where you kind of try to slot him in. Yeah. Uh, that one, when when it came out of Patrick's mouth, I was a little bit surprised. Not that the Chiefs would extend an offer to him by any means, but that it is an obvious priority for this team. The Chiefs just drafted Shamari Connor. Now, I'm not saying that Connor is going to be to the level of a Jerry Snead, but has that versatility, has the ability to play multiple spots on the back end, can play in the slot, can do a lot of things like Legereus Sneed. Again, maybe not to that level. Legereus Sneed is so important to what Steve Spagnolo does, and we haven't necessarily seen Legereus Sneed be the featured guy yet in this defense. For the first two years of his career, yeah, he got to play a little on the boundary, he got to play a little bit in the slot, but that was Tyron Matthews' defense. Tyron's out there. He's calling things. He's cutting cutting off different things. Tyron was doing exactly what he needed to do, but it was Tyron's defense on the back end there. Now, you get to last year, there's so many young pieces that the Chiefs were fairly basic. Now, LeJarrius Snead was blitzing all the time. 
was a big impact player from that regard, but we didn't get to see the same level of stuff in coverage because it was a pretty basic coverage scheme. Now you got year two with all these young guys. You've got Justin Reed and Brian Cook. You've got Legereus Sneed. I am curious to see if he is featured in this role and if Steve Spagnuolo and company have a plan for him to be featured in this defense in a bigger role than we've seen him so far, the Chiefs should absolutely try and pay him right this very minute. That is something that they should do because he's going to come off of a season where Steve Spagnuolo gets him open looks, has him be the guy undercutting things, has him getting his hand on a lot of passes. That is a potential Pro Bowl year. His price tag will only go up. So it makes sense that Legereus Sneed is mentioned. However, the, the interesting part about all of this, there are a lot of free agents coming up next year that play roles for this team. Legereus Sneed being singled out from you know, a Mike Dana, a Willie Gay Jr., a Clyde Edwards Hilaire because the Chiefs did not pick up his fifth-year option. Those are guys that Patrick likes, that Patrick has praised before. Their names didn't come out of his mouth. Hell, the Chiefs could pay Creed Humphrey Trey Smith and Nick Bolton early next year. Try and get ahead of it. Their names didn't come out of his mouth. Legereus Sneeds did. I think when you look at maybe uh, just like the the scale, the spectrum, whatever you want to call it, I think Legereus Sneed makes a lot of sense to be the next guy on the punch list when you're looking at negotiations and contracts, though, because you're talking about paying guys early next year and all this stuff. But like I think if you were if you were gonna create a list of guys that make the most sense to, you know, extend, take care of, you know, I, I think it goes Chris Jones, obviously. And then I, I but I think that's, you know, to your point, like talking about, you know, some of these guys can go up here, you know, you can start taking some care of some guys sooner rather than later. Well, you have a whole year to discuss Legereus Sneed before you can even officially get something done with some of those guys. I think from a on field performance perspective, he makes the most sense to be the next guy in that conversation. So um, it just, I, I, it's, it's interesting that he was, you know, in, in some capacity considered a priority uh, for Patrick Mahomes, at least based on his knowledge. And we know wait, he, wait, he knows wait, a lot. Let's, where are you placing him? Tell I, me when to stop. Tell me when to stop. Jair Alexander, Denzel Ward, Jalen Ramsey, Marlon Humphrey. Marshawn Lattimore, Xavier Howard, Tredavious White, J.C. Jackson, Carlton Davis. Now we're talking. Yep, yep, we're in there. Yeah. Was it Tredavious White, J.C. Jackson range? Yes. Darius Slay, Charvarius Ward, Jamel Dean, Adore. These are all guys that are kind of coming in right around that. So we're looking at $16.5 million per year? Would. Let's. I want to talk more about that after this break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app, find it on the App Store, or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching or listening. Appreciate everybody that is supporting KC Sports Network. Uh, all of your support helps you know grow that channel. So all the things we ask you to do, we genuinely appreciate um, you all doing it and, and helping us uh, grow KC Sports Network. Um, I think, Maddie, you know, I'm, I, I'm looking at this the roster I'm looking at kind of you know some things that are just worth paying attention to at least when it comes to the argument around Legereus Sneed paying him not paying him the Chiefs hit an absolute home run last year I don't think anybody wants to you know needs to argue when it comes to the cornerback position they drafted three cornerbacks that Trent McDuffie has shown an ability to operate in the slot but then it is interesting to me, a couple couple things about Shamari Connor, considered at pick 96 by Brett Veach, according to according to Brett Veach, um, has some crossover with what Legereus Sneeze does as a, you know, as a as a slot defender. Uh, you know, they I, I don't know. I, I, I look at those two those two pieces of like, okay, they've got plenty of, you know, cheap cost controlled talent at the cornerback position. They went and drafted a guy who, if you remember Steve Spagnuolo on the phone with him saying, we're going to blitz you. You know, the something that Legereus Sneed had a lot of success with. It That perks my ears up within the conversation of how to uh, how to pay Legereus Sneed and if the team might wind up paying Legereus Sneed when it's all, all said and done because they've built a lot of talent that could step in and replace him. Uh, if uh, if you know if if they aren't able to get something done, and I think that's interesting to me. It, the part where so we're sitting here is the Chiefs, and you're trying to figure out what to do with Legarius Need. I do think what they did towards the end of last year goes a long way into boosting his overall numbers. If Legarius Need continued to just be a nickel corner and the the best at it, even if he was the absolute best uh, in the entire NFL you're now looking well below that that chunk of names that we talked about earlier, that none of those guys were pure nickel corners, right? So his ability to show that versatility to kick outside, to really slow down or challenge a DK Metcalf, to really go out there and challenge Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton on the outside, that's going a long way for, for his wallet. That went a long way. And I think whether that's a move by him or the Chiefs, I think that was really big. And if the Chiefs continue to want to go that route, if they want to continue to use him in that role, I feel a lot more confident about paying him $16.5 million. I do get a little more hesitant if the goal is to kick him back inside of the slot. And I'm not even certain that's not his best spot 
but I do think it's going to be a little more difficult to justify paying a corner that much money to play only in the slot. So I like that they should he showed that versatility to kick outside because I just I think that goes a long way in justifying this year. Well, and on top of that, it wasn't just kicking outside it was also yes. getting matchup and, and following guys like that i think that that was the big key there i believe he was gonna follow jamal i think he was gonna follow jamar before he got hurt in the, the championship game too yeah, he was but uh, steve spagnola was not rigid with his you know coverage schemes and stuff like that but he he mixed things up quite a bit and so you didn't really ever see him have guys follow guys around because it didn't make a ton of sense with Charvarius Ward there for a little bit, he did. He's He really started to lean into it just a little bit more and allowing him to follow that around. Bashad Breland as well, allowing those guys to follow him around. Last year, it seemed like Legereus Need was a major contributor to shifting that, which again, you know, I talked about the coverage screen was pretty basic. If you're running man coverage, yeah, put Legereus on the best receiver. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. But that versatility to do all of that stuff is so important. And we have seen a ton of guys. Jalen Ramsey plays a lot in the slot. He gets paid a lot of money because he's able to do both things. So, yes, to Maddie's point there, you are going to feature him. He's going to be your guy that's going to try and erase the number one wide receiver. And he's a blitzer. And he's making all the other impacts that he is. I, pay him the $16 million now because it might be 19 next offseason. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about sixteen, personally, just because I see the young talent that they've had behind them, and I know the tough decisions that are coming down, coming down the pike here. You know, you're probably going to have to pay Chris Jones a big, big chunk of change. Um, you're going to have to start making some decisions along the offensive line, and you don't have the clear, obvious answers, or you know, a an ability to not you know lose a, um, you know, lose a, a step of ability. At some of these positions, you know, and that's where it just, it, it, I think it makes, puts Jerry Steen in a really tough spot, I think, because of all the young talent that they have in that secondary that they've got around them. 16 seems like a lot, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to be stunned if they make, I'm not going to be stunned if they do it because he is such a good player. And I mean, we've debated whether or not he's a blue chip in the plot in the past. Um, He's been a really, really good football player for this team for three seasons. Do you think one more question before we move on from this though? Do you think that they I mean do, do they take his health into consideration at all? Are they as far as making an action and making an offer and getting it done early? Because you know, you saw obviously I'm not I'm not, you know, we've seen him miss some time with some concussions. They've also kept him out during OTAs. So, you know, that's something you kinda gotta take into consideration too. Do you think maybe some of the missed time might hurt him a little bit when it comes to getting a deal done early? I think he would miss less time if he was playing cornerback routinely and not the nickel, you know, like extra linebacker role, right? Because the way he plays, he throws his body around. Most of the time when he's gotten hurt on the field, I understand the rookie year, it was like a diving play downfield, but most of the time where he gets quote unquote dinged up, it's make trying to make a play on the on a ball carrier over the middle of the field, inserting himself into the run game. So if you are going to use him as a matchup piece and let him just go cover receivers rather than being an extra linebacker on the interior first run, then I feel a little bit better that his health, the health concerns won't be there. I would say this. Um, he played 17 games last year and played in all three playoff games. I, I, I think last year was clearly his healthiest year. 
was 15 games the year before. Missing a couple games here and there I don't think is going to matter. Now, if it was like his rookie season where, you know, he's playing in nine and starting six, I think if, if he had multiples of those, yes, definitely we would see that become a little bit more of an issue there. But I think by and large, yes, we remember him getting dinged up. We remembered him coming out of a lot of games. But he's back the next week, nine times out of ten. He's back out there on the field. We know that this organization, I won't I won't say like rewards playing through it, but they respect the players that are going to show up and still make themselves available even if they're working through an injury. Yeah, and I don't even, I would have even brought it up if my ears weren't perked up a little bit that he was missing some time here at OTAs. That was the only thing that's just, I just don't know what he was playing through, dealing with, all that kind of stuff. Like that's the only thing that perked my ears. One of the things that perked my ears up the most about Andy Reid was uh, we might have to throw a funeral for the fullback here in Kansas City. Michael Burton out the door goes Darn. to Denver to, uh, to experience the other side of the standings of the AFC West with the Broncos. Uh, that's world champion Michael Burton, though. Congratulations to him. Uh, but now the Chiefs, it looks like they might be moving on from a like just official capacity fullback. Uh, it sounds like, hey, that opens up some opportunities for some more tight ends, and Noah Gray has the ability to do it. That was very, very interesting to me uh, that Noah Gray is... Uh, I mean, it's not it's not surprising that Noah, Noah Gray is getting the call, but uh, it was just... It, it's I, I'm, it's a, a surprise to see Andy depart from this, from his, from his usual fullback. Uh, yes, but then also, what have the Chiefs used a fullback for the past half decade under Andy Reid. It's been essentially to do the fullback dive, and then everyone's going to recall the rando wheel route to Anthony Sherman down the sideline. Like, and that's what you're going to go to. Maybe you're going to point out an occasional fullback screen, and like, okay, out of all the things that I just named, the only thing that you're not going to get out of Noah Gray is the fullback dive, which was one of the Chiefs' least useful plays last year, as NFL defenses kind of figured out a way to slow it down because it was so good the year before. So, the one thing that they used a true fullback for that needed a true fullback skill set, they're clearly going to move away from. Everything else they've been using a fullback for, Noah Gray's probably just better at it by being a better athlete, by being a more versatile player. It's like, it makes sense. It logically makes sense. It's something I think we've all been asking for for years, and we kind of gave up hope. And, you know, two years ago when they had all that success with the fullback dive play, you were just like, all right, well, guess I can't push back anymore, right? Like, I guess this is just what it's going to be, but, I mean, here we are. Fullback dive doesn't work. Fullback's on the way out. Now they get a lot more versatile. I would I would like to take credit for this stat, but uh, good old Jason Anderson over at 810 Sports today when I was on the radio with him brought this up as well. The Chiefs fullbacks, 51% of their snaps for this team have come on Kickoff coverage and kickoff return. What is about to be a dead play? Kickoffs <laughs> mm. all of a sudden. Now you want to go to a guy where you're trying to focus on what they bring to the offense, not the you know 8% of the snaps that are going to be there. What do you bring to the offense? Noah Gray brings a lot more to the offense than a Michael Burton would. We talked about him when he was drafted out of Duke a couple of years ago. As a matter of fact, you can probably rewind, go find that episode where we went – is Andy finally going to not use a fullback because he's going to get with the times and use this, you know, kind of sniffer, this H back. And it took a couple of years, but now it appears that's what's happening. That makes a ton of sense because 
I think we've all been impressed with Noah Gray and his growth as an inline blocker as a wide tight end. I, I think when you watch him at Duke, you see a guy that struggled to be an inline blocker, was better on the move. He's been a functional inline blocker for this team. He has been a really good on the move blocker for this team as well. So now you want to talk about 12 personnel packages with Travis Kelsey and Noah Gray on the field. When they break the huddle, you don't know where these guys are going to line up. Is Noah Gray going to line up in the backfield in some shorter yardage situations? Is he going to line up as a wide tight end? Are they going to split him out in the slot? Because he can do that as well. It keeps options open, which is kind of what, you know, it, when you go back and you look at those 49ers team that used Kyle Juszczyk as much as they did, it was because they were so unpredictable and all the alignments that he could do. Not saying that Noah Gray is Kyle Juszczyk, but Andy can get him on the field in a bunch of different looks, still keep the offensive potency that I think that he was going to keep with the fullback dive, and you get to keep the defense guessing a little bit more because when Michael Burton came on the field or Anthony Sherman came on the field, you pretty much knew what was going to happen on that particular play. If it's 12 personnel with Noah Gray, you don't. I'm legit thinking about writing about some of this <laughs> stuff because like, I think there's some interesting things that they could do. Uh, some interesting Andy-type concepts where I got a little crazy. I was like legit on a whiteboard today, just kind of like playing around with some stuff. But I, to your, you talk about 12 personnel, Craig. I even think I'll expand. Like I think 13 personnel too, mm -hmm. because 13 personnel is a perfect short yardage kind of you know personnel you can do. But the funny thing is, they can go empty out of 13 quite easily. Like, or they, or they can make it look like 22 with two backs. I mean, like you can do a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but like I just like there's a lot of there's a lot of possibilities to how they can kind of mix and match you know, some concepts, some formations within personnel structure and be a little bit more uh, unpredictable if you've got a Noah Gray at a fullback. So I'm really excited about it. I le I'm, I'm legitimately debating writing about it at some point this summer. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Appreciate you all. Craig's going to take a sip. Yep. Oh, there goes Maddie, too. Uh, appreciate it. Again, just appreciate everybody. One other interesting Andy Reid quote. Well, there's a couple. Um, uh, you know, just Andy talking a little bit about the tackles, but we spent so much time talking about the tackles. Uh, Andy was asked about, I believe, John Ross and brings up how much he likes both Ross's big and little. Uh, so let's, let's go John Ross season. Why not? <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about John Ross season, J Justin Ross season to talk uh, to, to kind of close the show out, Maddie. What was your thoughts about that? Okay. Uh, we talk, we've talked a lot about Justin Ross um, because he's a fun name, because everybody remembers how good he was as a freshman, because he very clearly made a name for himself in college. And the reason he didn't get to continue that hype was because of an injury. He ends up on the Chiefs, and we all kind of hope he gets back to that player. So we've talked a lot about Justin Ross. We haven't talked as much about John Ross or any other of these kind of buried-on-the-depth chart Chiefs wide receivers. And then so the first time of media availability at OTAs, John Ross is the guy that probably got the most hype that the media put out there from just a guy that looked good in the wide receiver room. It was John Ross and people saying, oh, 
He still looks like the best athlete. He still looks like this great athlete. He's still fast. He's a guy we should pay attention to. And so that gets you thinking. And then you hear the question to Andy Reid, hey, what do you think about John Ross? And then for, so first of all, I think we should start with just John Ross. I want to come back to Andy later. Do you guys believe in John Ross? Do you guys have any faith? And John Ross, like what are what are your current stance stances on John Ross, wide receiver out of Washington? I mean, I, I don't have high hopes for a John Ross. He struggles to stay healthy. I mean, we talk about Kadarius Tony and his ability to stay healthy. John, John Ross makes Kadarius Tony look like an Iron Man. He's just not able to stay on the field and. And even said in his presser, you know, uh, you know, he was off to a really good season. You know, he's really fast. He's really quick. I understand wanting that element on the team. I'm not, I don't think that they had a guy that they, that that's the kind of blazer that John Ross is, but saying he was on his way to a really good season in 10 games, he had 20 targets, 11 receptions, 224 yards and a touchdown. Now, that's really good yards per reception and yards per target there, but it was a very limited role in that Giants offense. I wouldn't call that a necessarily good season there. I think that Andy's just kind of being like, yeah, yeah, he was good last year. In reality, add the speed. Lean on the speed a little bit more. I understand the praise for him right now, especially without pads, running around in shorts, you know, in, in these one-on-one drills. I'm sure he looks great running by dudes, but I am not expecting a ton out of John Ross. I just, my, John Ross, I just remember him walking down the podium or walking to the uh, to the stage while Mahomes was getting traded up for in the 2017 NFL draft. Um, no, I, look, I liked John Ross coming out. I mean, that dude's ridiculously fast. Um, and, and, and I think Andy mentioned like he's having, he had a good, he was having a good season before he got hurt at one point. I just, I think it's tricky for him because I don't think, I think he's going to have to prove himself as a special teams player in order to earn a spot on this roster. Because like, I don't think that they can hold on to a guy like Ross without some kind of special teams ability there. And so, you know, who's he taking, you know, who is he taking over for? What's the construction of the roster look like? roster construction um i just i don't know i think that's i think it's going to be an uphill battle for him to try to crack this roster as a practice squad player i could i could see it maybe i could maybe see it um just continue to hold inventory uh at the position and this is a guy that like the speed patrick Mahomes can get the most out of but i just i think it's a big uphill battle for him to be able to you know parlay all of this into uh into a into a roster spot when it's all said and done and like that's the hard part is even john ross at his best in the nfl which has still been injury riddled it's been one thing he runs in a straight line very fast he has not necessarily been a significant yards after the catch creator he has not been a significant like separator in terms of getting open on time or working a wide array of a route tree it's been go routes. It's been post routes, and that's kind of it. And I mean, you can go back to Washington. That's what he did there even before the injury started to pile up. So even if you get the best version of the NFL John Ross, you're just kind of adding over-the-top speed. On the other hand, the Chiefs offense doesn't have that right now. 
they don't have a speed element. For the first time in Andy Reid's tenure with the Chiefs since his very first year in 2013, they don't have the pure speed guy to take the top off. Kadarius Toney doesn't play that fast, like in a straight line as a vertical receiver. Sky Moore doesn't play that fast as a vertical stretch wide receiver. They don't have a guy that runs at the speed of Tyree Kill, at the speed of McCole Hardman. They don't have that. And if that's something they want to really stretch a team vertically, they I mean, they might have to go into it. They might have to lean into John Ross a little bit more for that reason. Like, I get how there seems to be a path for him to make it. I my only like counter to that, I think, and the thought process is if they were if they thought they needed a speed element, they would have taken another fast wide receiver instead of a non one. Because like, there's no way you can rely on John Ross this Marvin Mims. Yeah, there were uh, not the same level of speed, but still, still fast. Yeah. And so they didn't yeah. do it. So like, I don't know. I I'm with you guys in terms of just, I don't see a really good Avenue for John Ross to make it. But if he does, I think you can say Andy Reid sitting there and saying, I need someone to stretch the field vertically, not just win vertically like MBS or Justin Watson do, but actively stretch the field. And John Ross is the only guy that can do that. I did want to go back to Andy Reid's co- press conference though. They said, the question asked him about John Ross, he was asked specifically about John Ross, and Andy's first response was, I like both Rosses, big and small. And then he went immediately into talking about big Ross, Justin Ross, before coming I've got, back. I've got the quote here, Maddie. You want me to okay, yes. to continue? Yeah. Can you do it in an Andy voice? Yeah. You, so I, I like both. No, I can't do it in an Andy voice. <laughs> <laughs> that was going somewhere great, though. That's not going anywhere great. Listen, I like both of the Rosses, big and little. So the big one is coming along. He feels good. His foot feels good. And the surgery that he worked out or that he had worked out well up to this point. He's made some nice plays for us out here. I know Pat's got trust in him. So that's good to see. And the smaller Ross is extremely fast and quick. Before he got hurt, he was on to a pretty good season. I like what I see there, too. So, yeah, there you go, Maddie. Right, and so just the way those came out, right, the way that Andy spoke about them and the fact that he did it in the reverse order and the way the question did not lead him to. made about Justin Ross. It wasn't about Justin Ross at all, and Andy puts him in there, and then the Andy leading with him, and then just the way he spoke about him made me feel like Andy himself is higher on Justin Ross and what he has seen out of Justin Ross than John Ross. And like, that's just reading into a press conference, which we tell everybody not to do, but let's do it. But it's the there awesome. There was no reason for Justin Ross to be right. Like that's, that's kind of funny. That's kind of silly that he just throws Justin Ross in a question about John Ross just because. Oh, I agree. I, I just, I, I found I, the, the, I found it interesting um, to say the least. I mean, we've spent a little bit of time this week talking about Justin Ross. I don't think we spend too much time talking about him on this channel. Like, I know he gets some he gets some buzz. I think we try to stay pretty grounded with him. I think both of those guys have, uh, you know, it's it, they're not set in stone by any stretch of the term, both of them. So I think they've both got a lot of work to do, and it's going to be worth monitoring throughout this entire preseason process. So uh, before we jump out of here, odds of making the roster, or no, 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 because we already kind of covered that. I want to rephrase this. How surprised are you on a scale of 1 to 10 if Justin Ross makes the roster and then a scale of 1 to 10 if John Ross makes the roster? Is 10 most surprised? 10 is most surprised, yes. I'm a 
three when Justin Ross makes the roster. I'm a nine and a half when John Ross makes the roster. Okay. <laughs> and I'm only reserving a half a point because I do think there is that tiny bit of chance that Andy Reid just sits there and says, I need that vertical stretch. I need someone that opposing defenses say, this guy can't run by us for his offense to work. And without having that, John Ross would provide that, right? So that's the only reason it's not a full 10. Justin Ross, the for Justin Ross, the issue I don't think is going to be talent. And I as at this point in time, I don't think it's health. It's just the number game is not on his side. Like, it's really not. The Chiefs are pretty locked into four. We know four of the Chiefs wide receivers, NVS, Tony, Moore, and Rice. I still think Justin Watson is all but a guarantee and a lock to make this roster with his special teams ability, and that leaves you one spot, maybe but, two if you go light on the offensive line. It's just it, the number game does not look great for Justin. Here's where... I think it works for him. And I think this is how it works. I think it's, I think they could keep seven. There's a chance they could keep seven, by the way. Um, But I look at it going, they bump Justin, Justin Watson, and he's playing more of a special teams specific role on this team. And then Justin Ross is on this roster because they like him as a receiver. They like his upside as a receiver. Like, I think that's kind of how it works. It's, You've got a Justin Ross has to beat out Justin Watson for meaningful snaps on offense. And if he can do that, then Justin Watson maybe sticks around as a special teams player. Like I think that might be the path to how Justin Ross makes it. I think you would have to go eight offensive linemen or 26 offensive players to get seven wide receivers. No, you don't because you're not carrying a fullback anymore. You get four tight ends and four running backs, though. Are we sure they're key? Are we sure they're running backs? Mm hmm. Yes, I don't think they're going to try to put generic Prince on the practice squad and hope a team doesn't pick him up. And I, But what, Clyde Edwards-Lair's trade bait? I don't know. We'll, we'll see on that one. Clyde reportedly, I mean, coming out of this, Clyde apparently looks great out there. Lots of praise for Clyde uh, this week as well. It just be, I mean, I, I we're we're now arguing whether or not that she should she sure. could should keep a worthy receiver if he proves himself to be worthy or a fourth running back. Because he's an undrafted free agent. Well, Andy keeps four. Like that's <laughs> that, that's right. And that's what they always do. And he talks about how they that position gets hurt a lot. And hey, Isaiah Pacheco coming off offseason surgery. Jarek McKinnon, known to be hurt. Clyde Zilaire, known to be hurt. So like it makes sense to have a, a room of running backs you like. I I mean, maybe you get by with three tight ends, but if Noah Gray and these other guys are gonna also play fullback, I don't know if that's a time you go light on tight ends, right? So it's just you kind of have to go light somewhere, and it's hard to pick that spot for the Chiefs right now. Quarterback. That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you, and we'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.